Hey, what's up? Do you like sex, love, and astrology? I do. You're in the right place. Let's dig in. Let's go. Computer. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Astromantics. You guys are going to love this episode. I am doing a series where I'm talking with exes. And in this case, Clay here, our wonderful interviewee, um, we never actually dated, dated, right? There wasn't like a label on it, but we definitely liked each other, I would say. Yeah. Right. There was yeah. definitely uh, an attraction. Right. But didn't know how to make that work. I know now it's because I'm an Aries and I want to chase. And if I can't chase and it's like already there, then I'm kind of like, OK, uh, OK, uh. which is why I only <laughs> liked taken guys. Clay, if you would have been with someone, you would have had a girlfriend. I'd have stole you. That's how it worked with me back in the day. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So yeah, I just uh, showed Mary your picture and you said on the back of the, this uh, beautiful, you don't not want me to read this. You don't want me to read this. No, no, let's just, I have tons of cringe to share. So please let's just like rip this bandaid right off. This oh. Duct tape bandaid. oh yeah. I was telling Mary that you and I, maybe we may or may not talk about um, that night in your garage on your birthday that may or may not come up. I don't know. I don't know if you remember it, but. I, I do most of it down, so it'd be new to me too. Uh, <laughs> awesome. No. But you say, uh, yeah, stop bugging me about my picture. Here, here it is. Um, it's me, no superimposing or anything. Watch for me on the WWF. Not far off the mark, right? Not too far off. Went from instead of WWF, which I did try out for and realized it's very, very difficult. I don't like getting beat up. So that was right Turns out. out. Mm -hmm. Into a strongman instead. So less mm -hmm. violence, but the same amount of arthritis, it turns out. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh my God. Happens for all of us. Yeah. Oh, super fun. And then this is my picture. This is me, same age. There she is. There she is. Oh my God. <laughs> Adorable. Yeah. The viewers can't see the the pictures back in the day, but you know, maybe I'll put mine my picture up on our website. Not website, but our it's Facebook definitely page. a testament to how long you guys, or how far you guys go back, how long you've known each other. Yeah, dude. I still, well, oh my God, it's so far. What, I don't even remember, do we meet in high school? Not middle school, high school, right? We met in high school, I want to say maybe freshman year, something or year, I can't remember exactly. Yeah. I remember you were always younger than me, because he was a September baby, Virgo. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was a January baby, so I was old, always older, and he was always the youngin. Chasing that cougar, you know? Hell yeah, right? Just like that old lady. Robin afraid of Lacey. Uh, forever. Just kidding. Um, all hey. right. Clay, how much do you know about astrology? Anything? Nothing? Passing? I know just enough things? to date white girls. That's just about yeah. No, not that mm -hmm. much they uh, not that much. I'd like to learn a little bit more and mm -hmm. specifically about interactions between certain signs. I think oh, in the yeah. past, I've like Google searched, like, how does a Taurus and a Virgo get along? What's the compatibility? It's friendship and, and sexually. Uh, right. but I, I'm coming into this with an open mind and to just kind of be, uh, to engage in conversation and be led through whatever experience occurs. 
Yeah. Perfect. Well, let's share the screen. I'm going to show you your charts. Clay. Here you are. I'm going to take out your secondary progressed wheel. I don't know why it's there. I think I was looking up like where you are now versus how you were when you were born. But this is your birth chart. Okay. Voila. It says nothing to you, but to me, it says a lot of really fun things. Um, when we're looking at compatibility, um, specifically like uh, sex, sexual compatibility uh, in charts, there's a couple of things we look at. The first thing I look at is uh, the Mars and the Venus. So your Mars is here in the sign of Scorpio. And your Venus is here in the sign of Leo. And it's in your fourth house. The houses go, hi, I'm born. Now I'm a toddler, right? And kind of go circles and then it comes back around. Um, so you have Venus and Leo. This is an indicator that you are very generous in giving gifts to your people, people who you feel close to. Very, very generous. And when people come over to your house, even, um, you might be very generous with giving gifts to people who come to your home or who get invited into your home, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, the fourth house is very much kind of like our private space. You have Leo in the fourth house, which means that if I didn't know you at all, I would say, I would ask, did you grow up in a theatrical household, right? Because that's what Leo signifies. It signifies a stage. It signifies um, playfulness, right? It signifies, um, yeah, Venus sort of being love to be seen at home on a stage, if you will, but specifically that your roots, family, home, and foundations had something to do with a stage. Tell me about that. Yeah, that's uh, that's oddly true. Not oddly true, but in mm -hmm. this case, it was odd. Um, <laughs> my father mm -hmm. um, started this group. I was about a year old. It used to be, we'll call it a street gang, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I like it, street gang. It, it kind of morphed <laughs> into something where they got tired of being arrested. And they were like, you know, we all like, we love medieval stuff. So my dad declared himself the king of this group. I, of course, was the prince. And so it was a certain pomp and circumstance regarding all of those things. And uh, to kind of play a role of this person, this next in line for this imaginary crown of all these misfits out in the, in the country was uh, yeah. kind of the stage upon which I was raised, participating in these yearly medieval tournaments with you know, combat and armor making and archery and things like that, trying to win head wreaths for the lady fair. You know, I, maybe you received one of those at some point. I did. I received three of those, Clay. You won three of those <laughs> crowns for me. I still have one of them. I had to fight grown men. It was very scary. I was only about 16 <laughs> at the time. Oh, I know. <laughs> and you got your grandma to make me that fucking awesome dress. Yeah, it is grandma yeah. who's got to be like Pisces, Taurus, some shit. Uh, I don't know when her birthday was, but they like to make things usually. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was like, it was amazing. It was kind of like off the shoulder and it had like a puffy sleeve and had like a long sleeves. And nice. it was like a line, like the whole thing. Super she did, she's like, do you have any, any guidance on Lacey's dress? I, I remember telling her, and this is like fact. I said, make her boobs look huge. <laughs> she delivered. What? Yeah, but, but but is that because you thought that that's what I would want, or you were like, "Oh my god"? No, she asked me for like my opinion. I said, like personally, you know, <laughs> this is my my desire. Hmm. 
Wow. I did not know that piece. I was Very so good. Was pretty good. So, oh, you know, what else is interesting that Venus in the fourth house, um, particularly males who have Venus in the fourth house tend to like, um, busty women, uh, because it's, it's sort of one of the, uh, early growing houses. So like, for some reason, men who have Venus close to their IC or their, their like private space, uh, tend to like, if you had Venus in Gemini fourth house, you would like women with gigantic boobs. Like that's kind of how that one usually works. But, uh, yeah, interesting that you said that, that that was like a, an actual piece of that puzzle. The other thing too, you were very generous in giving me a pager, which I still have, right? I you still have this pager. pager. It does not work obviously, but yeah, every once in a while, I'll say every two to three years for no reason whatsoever, I'll flash upon that memory and be like, that was the cringiest, the number one cringiest thing I've ever given anybody Aww. was <laughs> because like your mom didn't want to pass the phone when I call. I think you didn't even think you did the message. Or maybe you didn't call back because you were busy being hot or whatever girls do. <laughs> and so in my mind, I'm like, the intent was like, give you this pager because we all had pagers at the time and, and just we all stay connected that way. And then afterwards, I was like, she may think I'm trying to like control how I reach her in a more serious manner. But it wasn't until I was in my 30s and began going to therapy and analyzing all these relationships <laughs> where I was like chasing and unattainable women and you were the first yeah it was like oh shoot I like that was no good man that's a bad look if I, I couldn't do that today by some girl's cell phone because I couldn't get a hold of her that's a bad look <laughs> that's a bad look yeah. yeah I guess that would translate differently mm-hmm. modern mm-hmm. right but it's funny because you didn't have any creep vibes and you were just telling me about it before we jumped on right you were just like oh that's super nice thing you got me when we were kids and I still have Right? Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah I can kind of see how that would translate to like, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, at the time you... it blew me away. Go, Mary. Um, that okay. So with that, um, Leo, right, fourth house, we got mm-hmm. Venus there. Do you feel like you connect to people, like relationships, or people that you're kind of like um, drawn to with that fantasy element that you grew up with? Right, like do you like connecting with that? Like do you like nerdy? You know what I mean? Like does that well, relate still, to modern? In a, in a way, I, I still kind of play a role. Uh, for a bit of background, I do personal training and rehabilitation work in a gym full time, and I I think about like people I see once a week. They come to see me once a week or twice a week. It's an hour or two hours out of the day, and I had better be on during that time. I better be generous in my service. I better be attentive and communicative. And I better give make them a good experience. So I always feel like I have to perform in a way. Mm-hmm. So that part of me hasn't really left. In fact, I feel most like comfortable in that space when I can be on and perform and provide a service and be attentive. One, because I, I don't know, it just like rubs my little heart, makes it happy. And two, yeah. that everyone gets that in their day-to-day life. And I want to be, uh, you know, a good feeling instead of more than just like a check-in with a trainer and I want to get people to feel better afterwards and when they come in. So I try to foster the relationships in ways that are healthy, not just in their body, but in their mind. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I really like that description too, kind of like taking the state or taking on a role or something, right? And then mm-hmm. shining yeah. in that role. I seem to be you know, attracting... Then, like... Go ahead. Oh, uh, I seem to be attracting in my client base um, men who have like 
deep emotional needs not being met who end up opening up to me because I'm a little more, I mean, I'm 6'5 and 300 pounds and I've got big shoulders and they're like, strong man who reminds me of my dad. I have problems, you know, uh-huh. yeah. women who want to feel a little bit safe under uh, under a bar and they know I'm mm-hmm. to, to help with that. So it seems like I um, attract clients who want a little bit of safety and that's something that, that I want deeply in life. I'm happy to offer it because I'm like, I haven't always gotten it. So let me give it to you. Right. Yeah. You uh, also represent safety, right? Mm-hmm. Making yeah. people feel safe. That and at house, home. You're, you're yeah. Comfortable. Right. And safe. Things and then you represent. Right. Totally. And then you mentioned being in the health field. You are a Virgo son. This is notorious for working in the health field. Um, did you ever work with, uh, so it's in the fifth house, which has to do with, uh, children. It also has to do with, uh, procreation, sex for fun and sex for pleasure, but it it also has to do with, uh, children. Have you ever, um, taught children or done any kind of like children's health ever? I've trained some children in the gym. I've worked on a few rehabilitation cases. Uh, not as many. I do work with a, not that this is the same at all, but if we're talking about uh, people other than, um, I guess I might say, um, not normal adults, but more capable adults, I do work with a fair amount of the population who have like genetic or, or mental disorders. So I don't know if that would play in the same. Oh, interesting. Or- interesting. I love that you say that though, that it could in that way. Mm-hmm. Um but mostly, though, I was thinking of we have uh, Jupiter, Juno, Sun, and Saturn here. Um, Saturn is a generational planet. You and I both have Saturn in Virgo, as does my Virgo husband, right? Same thing. So funny, too. He's bearded and bald. You're the same. <laughs> I know, right? Super fun. Okay, so something that is notorious in the astrology community is is that Virgo sons are known for having um, nice dicks, like girthy, you know, nicely sized dicks, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of a thing. Um, Anyway, do you think you have a nice nice dick there, uh, Clay? I think so. Not to get into too many details, but (laughs) it seems appropriate, like girth. (laughs) Girth is good. The, the, I guess I mentioned I'm a, I'm a bigger guy, so I think it's overall size is commensurate with my overall size. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard favorable reviews. Um, favorable reviews, nice. What are some reviews? Uh, what are some reviews? Have you ever no? Okay, well, uh, it's I've been told it's too big three times. Mm? It's like Chef's kiss for Amanda here. Right, right, totally. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it's a nice lie. That just means it's not not tonight. It's fine. So, <laughs> girth it's not a lie. Girth is what I hear most often. Thickness. Yeah, that's very associated with Virgo suns. You'll be happy to know. Not so with Virgo rising. So uh, your rising sign tends to be your physical body. It can also represent like a piece of your soul, like what you, who you are. Um, so your big three, the big three things in your chart that define you sort of the most or the most noticeable things is you have a Virgo sun. This means methodical, detailed, health-related in some way, um, usually. Um, sometimes, depending upon what house it's in, though, or what other planets are in there with it, sometimes it'll mean like like a Venus is in there, 
then sometimes the Virgo person will be really good at making pottery, right? Like clay sculptures, things like that. Um, Cause there's a, there's an attention to detail. Um, Virgo sons are really, really good at, at being service. They want to be in service to other people and they want to be oh, a yeah. practical service, not just like verbiage, right? Not just, you know, talking alone. They want to be helping people in a practical way. Hence why it's kind of like, um, uh, why surgeons come from here. Doctors come from here. Um, people who are really good at being exact or specific, um, and then Virgo sons, I can tell you for sure also are really, really good at um, sort of tapping into their ticks and feeling for what is of practical use to the person they are servicing, if you will. So that is like really nice, right? Mm -hmm. I'd say that my the combination of attention to detail mm -hmm. to service and that kind of sexual energy translates <laughs> into a good experience for, for everyone involved. Right, right, right. Virgo fifth house. Virgo fifth house. Right, mm -hmm. Refine, refining sex, right? Like, um, yeah. Virgos like to take those details and put them to practical use. It's yeah. like literally in your house of sex for fun. <laughs> You're a yeah. Virgo. Is there a way I can take this part of the podcast and make, make it my Tinder profile? I like yeah, I know. I know. I wish I, I wish I would love to in my future self, I envision myself matching people up in this way, right? Like being like, do you want just a one sexual nightstand? I can hook that up. Do you want something more, right? Do you want to know? Like, I would love to do that. It's my dream, I think. Um, Virgo is also the sign of the virgin, which means that it takes a long time to um, have sex for the first time, oftentimes. Right. Like uh, sometimes people be virgins for a little bit longer here. You have Saturn next to your son, which means that to some degree, when you were growing up, you felt like you had to kind of hide a little bit um, of your consciousness, like what you were aware of. Right. Hide your details at some point because you felt like. Um, but yeah, Saturn likes to um, restrict. Right. It likes to hide. And sometimes it can be like if I share myself or if I show myself too much, um, there's anxiety. It's an anxious consciousness. Does that make sense? Yeah, that part does. Yeah, that, that shows up in relationships even today. Yeah, right. Like if I show too much. And so I think that that is really interesting. And then also Juno here. Uh, Juno, um, she deals with where we kind of naturally feel betrayed. So there's something about your sex for fun life that you kind of accept a moniker of betrayal, if that makes sense. Well, tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, I have Juno in my fourth house, right? That's like the Roots Family Home Foundation. I have it in the sign of cancer. Um, I grew up with a mother who was molested by her father and I was put in situations where it could have happened to me. So I have an amount of, I felt betrayed by my roots family home foundations because they put me in the same room. Right. But that, and that's like my experience with Juno. Right. So, but it, it makes sense. Right. It's kind of what you almost take for granted, like in a way, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then Jupiter, sometimes uh, Jupiter in the fifth house um, usually is an indicator that you have children because Jupiter is wealth and health, right? Um, Jupiter usually means more than one or many. Um, and yeah, that's usually what that's an indicator of. And I know that you have children though. I don't know how many. Yeah. Uh, two, as far as I am paying for <laughs> yeah. just the two, I have one who is 20 living out of state, one who is five, who I have every other week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Totally. So you have a five-year-old. Oh, mm -hmm. nice. Mm -hmm. They're absolutely feral humans, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I my youngest is fourteen. Thank God, I do not do. <laughs> do really not, Lacey. I know you're the one giving life advice right now, but do not start that gap over again. The one that hook up. You're so close to being done. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. I know. No. No. I'm good. I I have a lot of things that prevent me from having a baby, which is really good, right? IUDs are really great. Do those. Yeah, I, I finally, after the Roe v. Wade thing passed, I got snipped right away. I'm like, no, nobody. Yeah. My choice now. Nobody right. else is having to suffer. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Right. Ugh. Yeah, that's infuriating. Um, but that's empowered action, you know? It is. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Plus, they gave me free Xanax. I mean, come on. <laughs> you take that shit uh all right so that is your son uh your rising <laughs> a sad huh? moon do you i said i wonder if that's a sad moon right that it one. is um, it's a sad moon in the eighth house that means that there's a moniker of like psychic physical ability um when it comes to uh fun and sex and intimacy Right, because eighth house is sex and intimacy. What about that? What were you gonna say, Mary, about the Sag moon? I was gonna ask if you feel like commitment is hard, um, because you have uh, you have interesting combo here, right? Uh, yes, Sag as a whole tends to like freedom and to be kind of untethered and to travel, experience new cultures, and right. And it's yeah. not that they don't like being with other people; yeah. they just like people who can keep up with them. And their curiosities in their mind right who can like um so gemini's maybe are um a good thing for you too right with the sag moon but because of their nature of liking freedom they get accused of not being you know commitment friendly and sometimes that is the case sometimes they are just like fuck it i want freedom right and mm -hmm. other times it's more about they need that right fit right that night like person that can like run with them However, you have a lot of Scorpio and yes. Libra. That's right. So Scorpio means like super loyal, right? Serious, kind of like a um, an intensity to it that's appreciated in your other in others, right? In mm -hmm. relationship house, and then holy Libra, right? Libra is all about partnership. So it's <laughs> I have to ask, right? Because um, the Sag Moon alone would maybe indicate harder to commit but then you have the scorpio and the libra that makes it seem like maybe not so hard mm -hmm. right uh, i don't know you tell me <laughs> no that's actually pretty accurate uh all this has been accurate so far i find that it's easy for me to fall for someone because i i want the partnership i think yeah yeah and right. I, I want i want how good that feels I, I think i've yet to have that in a relationship 
And so I, I'm like, oh, this one, this person feels good. Like the, the vibe is good. I'm like on a lot of the same things. Um, and then about three months in, I'm like, ooh, you know what doesn't feel good? Like asleep, being asleep for a long time. Like yeah. being up to 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. FaceTiming somebody <sighs> or not having to, to answer, you know. And then you're right, the freedom, the autonomy. I had a breakup about three weeks ago. And when I tell you that the energy I put into the tail end of that, the energy that was used in the tail end of that, going into my business and personal life has paid off exponential dividends. I The feedback I get in my mind is like, well, why am I ever anything but single? Why don't I just like use the, the not use, but like experience the online dating sphere as a way to, to satisfy, you know, physical needs with people who also have the same kind of mindset and just focus on like myself. But then I go, oh, you know what, feel good waking up next to somebody on Sunday mornings. I get really soft about it. And yeah. so- I'm like, yeah, let's do this. You know, I'm, I'm into this person a lot. I'm usually the first person to say I love you in a relationship. Uh, and then the first person to be like, oh, guess who's having second thoughts? This <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sad. And it oh. turns out I don't want forever. <laughs> in a merged right, way. That kind of day-to-day longing for just yeah. a companion, right? That's, a, that's so Libra and it's in your day-to-day house. Right. So there's a kind of a pull where it's like day to day life feels like it might be nicer with a partner. It might be nicer with, a, you know, but then your inner world, your needs, your emotions, your intuition needs like a certain amount of freedom needs to be able to like, you know, take a random trip, a road trip or right. The yeah. spontaneity of a Sag. If you find the right person, you don't compromise both. Right. If you can find the spontaneity and freshness and um, curiosity right in another person and like maybe even someone that makes you try to keep up with them a little bit right a little bit like the chase that Lacey's saying Sag is kind of similar with that fire then it would feel good right for like your partnership and like it had to be somebody who is not going to cheat on you right because that um, Scorpio will cut a bitch you know <laughs> so that's in your seventh house so it's like you know like it could burn you for a long time if you feel like you get screwed, right? It's going to hurt a Scorpio in a lot yeah. deeper ways. Yeah. Especially a Scorpio Mars, right? The way that you move through the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that there would be a good fit. It just would have to be somebody who's like, um, almost like faster, right? They <laughs> tried to keep up with that could like mentally keep up, you know? Yeah. That is true. That is really attractive. Somebody that's almost a little bit too busy for me, so I have to keep up for that. Right. That's the chase. Yes. Yep. Um, and Scorpio, so you have Scorpio and it's your seventh house. There's like a bunch of stuff kind of rolling up in here, but you have Mars here. And then DC represents our other, who we are attracted to usually, who's attracted to us. Mars in the seventh house usually creates a bit of a problem for the native you. Um, because Mars likes to sever and Mars likes to get what it wants and then be done. Peace. Right. That's kind of what it wants, but Scorpio Mars, it's in its domicile. Then it turns almost this malefic into a more benefic. So less of a problem, more of a good thing in that you will definitely focus going after the person that you want. Uh, it's kind of fun though, but then Uranus is here. And this is a longer transiting planet. I also have Uranus in Scorpio because it's a generational, it transits there a long time. It means that people who have Uranus in Scorpio, we kind of, wherever Uranus falls is 
um, where we are quickly innovating and it's like where we um, get kind of downloads of inspiration occasionally. It's where we flip-flop to, kind of goes mm-hmm. back and forth. And then um, it's also the side of independence. It's also, we kind of don't give a fuck about what anybody else thinks about sort of this space in our life. Um, so mine is in my eighth house of sex and intimacy. Unlike, I dare you to ask me about my sex life, right? Like, just ask me about it. You know, like, I love it. Um, my mom too. I feel that way about her. I like feel like I'm walking dare for her to ask me, you know, about it. She never will, but yeah, I like the idea. (laughs) Yeah. Uranus is also shocking. So you mentioned every day working with people that you do electrotherapy. So that's another sort of literal thing. Yeah. Yeah. And working them out ambitious. So um, Mars and Scorpio likes to outdo itself. It likes to challenge its own self, its own right body. So not only would you be challenging yourself on doing better and better and better with others, with your committed partnerships, right? Um, but also you would be then helping everyone who comes in contact with you to be better. And Mars in Scorpio is super ambitious, super focused when it comes to what they want. Um, it's a really good thing to have. It can kind of make it harder to pay attention to what other people want sometimes because yeah. I've been given that feedback before. Uh, I've been very mission driven and very service driven. Yeah. Um, and while I've had partners who enjoy that a part of me for the benefit of the relationship, I do receive feedback that I seem selfish or I'm forgetting the family right. or I'm taking them for granted. Because it's like, I, like, I honestly, I see my service to we'll call it the greater good or my client base or mm-hmm. my mission, whatever it is. I see that service as being like the paramount thing mm-hmm. I want to achieve in nurturing a relationship. It seems secondary to that. Also having the independence and the autonomy desires to know that like, I don't actually need this. I want like the freedom to pursue the big thing that they seem to tie in together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. That's a South Node thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, we have nodes on our chart, right? Uh, lunar nodes, and they're on an axis where they're opposite of each other. So South Node represents like our past lives, what we've done, accomplished, checked off the list, right? And then um, North Node is more like what we're striving towards in this life, like kind of what we agreed to try to do. It's optional, right? Nothing is going to kind of force you this direction. But the more you lean into it, right, it's kind of like the better things get. And for you, the thing you're supposed to lean into is that Leo, right? You're supposed to shine in this way where you're making people happy and comfortable and giving them your complete attention and, you know, giving the most you can. However, in your past lives, you had Aquarius, right? And so that's, that is thinking about the bigger picture and like, um, the community the collective right like a kind of that bigger picture ability to see things and since you have that in the 10th house Mm -hmm. that's a career house right career and legacy has something to do with the fact that you've been there and done that already right Mm -hmm. so I kind of wonder if there's a little bit because it's in it's in Aquarius 10th house I was just kind of wondering if there was almost like kind of a a psychic element where that's like coming back up for you, right? Where you're like, 
but I got to think about everybody, but I got to think about, you know, as opposed to in this life, you're being asked to focus on you, focus Mm -hmm. on your stage, focus on the family that you're creating safety for, right? If that, which it seems to be like at work, right? That that's at least one area where you're creating like that home safety feeling, right? And so you kind of get the advantage. It's not complete, right? So Aquarius is your 10th house. You can't escape that. That means career for you is supposed to look unconventional, right? Not normal, not traditional in some way. Um, mm. But because your South Node is there, there's a pull for you to be fall back into old patterns, right? So you almost have to say, I don't, I even though I can look at the big picture, I need to focus on kind of like more what's right in front of me. How am I shining? How am I being generous? How am I being confident? Right? How am I like giving people in front of me the most that I possibly can? Because when you start thinking too much about the bigger picture, sometimes you might be actually going backwards a little bit, like kind of literally with that south node there. Yeah, does that make uh, sense? It does. Yeah, it actually hits a couple of things in my recent past. About four years ago, I came to Austin. I came from Santa Cruz, California, where I owned a powerlifting gym, and uh, building the community was my number one. It was a source of arguments for my partner and I for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Like she thought that that was more important than her. And like I told right. her because <laughs> I needed for me, like these people needed something that my experience through this same thing they wanted could help them with. They can get them. them. Um, like magnetic fields or quantum mechanics or things like that and learning how leveraging technologies that can improve our own biofield. Uh, I want to share the information with people. That's a huge, like right now, a very like esoteric thing to dive into. And I keep being like, I got to get good at what I'm doing now because right. that's going to get me there. But mm-hmm. I want to, it's very sexy to think like, I'm going to start a Kajabi course on, on quantum medicine and use PEMF and red light and talk about all this shit. But in the meantime, like I'm losing out on the clients who are paying me money to see them every hour. So I do feel like, you know, and I do source information and mentors, people adjacent to my industries to be able to improve the service I give to people. And every time I reach out to somebody, I learn five new things and I, just, I love it. And so I go, okay, that feels good as a direct application to my people in my immediate vicinity. I know I'm going to get to that bigger picture, but I feel like I need to get there by like home run every hour with clients before I can. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that's right too. And it makes sense that you're kind of like a ambitious learner, right? Cause your ninth house mm-hmm. is technically where your MC is. Right. And that's another career indicator. And so that there's something about loving to learn. Right. And then Capricorn is like that goat that's always climbing like higher and higher up the mountain, like no quit. So you might never want to stop learning, right? And that's okay. And in your chart, like right there, like ambitious learning, right? It's just don't let, yeah, the 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 bigger picture detract from like your day to day. You're in the moment. You're what you're working on. How you're shining the brightest, right? Um, 
because it will be tempting. It's something you've done before in past lives, mm-hmm. right? It's easy. That's the thing about selfhood. It's so easy to slip into, right? So you've done the community thing. You've done the, um, you know, big picture. It's, a, it's still a part of your life. It's still a part of your career. It's not something to ignore completely. But when your focus fully switches over to that, then that's maybe an indicator that you're slipping into a, like a past life kind of a, a vibe or, you know, something more comfortable that you've already done. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I can see that being, mm-hmm. that feels right, I guess I would say. Yeah. <clears throat> I was just thinking about to, uh, you have this thing right here. It's called a Periapus, and it's not a, a planet or a dwarf planet or an asteroid or anything like that. It's like a node. It's another kind of node. And it represents, when it's in the 12th house, it represents sexual repression. Um, usually it means that you grew up in a way, in a place um, that sex was maybe kind of negative, maybe, or you felt sort of uh, repressed in some way. I have Periapus in the 12th house as well. Uh, mine's in Pisces. So my religion repressed mine. Yours is in Aries. So like um, people being impulsive somehow is what, or I don't know, too quick. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we had, I don't think I had a lot of knowledge or, I think the repression growing up was like, just don't have sex was the, yeah. cause I don't want to be a grandpa yet. My dad would say, you know, or, um, you know, in high school, my senior year, I was well over 400 pounds. So I would, I had no ladies knocking on my door, uh, other than, than you on occasion. Yeah. So I think the repression was like, I think the self-confidence I needed to, to talk to girls or to feel more comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. That, that like, I learned how to love this big body by finding sports like strongman and powerlifting. Yeah. And now, you know, I feel confident in myself and I want everyone to know how good that feels, which drives me to be service with my people. Yeah, totally. Um, I had, oh man, I had another thought. Uh, I have an Aquarius son, which would fall into your 10th house here. Um, uh, that means that friendships, I'm attracted to friendships often, right? Um, especially friends I have to chase. That makes it better. And that's like my modus operandi. That's how I kind of grew up. I thought it might be kind of fun uh, to, I could show you, uh, like I was thinking we could do it where I could show you my chart and then we could bag on me because I have lots <laughs> to bag on about. And then we could also uh, maybe even look at what's called our synastry chart. So it would be my chart and your chart overlapped. And then you can kind of see why it didn't land, why the plane didn't land, if you will, right? Uh, You and I have a lot of eases, right? Um, Like sort of sex and intimacy happens in the friction and when we have to evolve and kind of overcome ourselves in a way. And... um, there was nothing for us to evolve about exactly, right? There was like, it was just too easy, you know, kind of a thing. It's kind of like how it ended up being, you know, back in the day. Um, But yeah, I thought, I don't know, it might be kind of fun. We can go back and forth. And I think this will also give you an idea of how finding relationships works in a way too, right? So you can kind of see 
using my chart, who you know as an example. Um, this is me. Help me land a girl for good. <laughs> well, get some clarity. Get some clarity. That's what it is, right? To see how these things operate. Um, see, I've got Periapus, that same thing you have in the 12th house. Um, I love uh, people who have Periapus in the 12th house uh, because then there's like a gettedness, right? We're both repressed and you both have to kind of overcome that, right? In a way. And so kind of a bonding can kind of happen there. Um, I've got a lot in Virgo too, which makes it easy for me to get other Virgos. Uh, I fucking love Virgos because um, verbalizers, I always know where I stand with a Virgo. It's my favorite thing. Something that you were saved from, Clay, is, is that back in the day, every boyfriend I ever had, I literally made them write love letters to me. Like, you need to confirm it in words because if you just say it, I don't believe it. You know, like I need some sort of written confirmation. And I need that written like three different ways, right? Like I need that. I need that listed. Well, I'll have you know, I'll have you know, I always got A's in my creative writing class, so you missed out on yeah. some some schmoozing, woozing. Or just good. Virgos are good. Uh, Virgos is a Mercury ruled sign, which means really good at making words earth, making words applicable, right? Understandable. Good at making what other people have as concepts tangible, if you will. Uh, I have a Mars there. Uh which means that um, I'm kind of, Mars kind of represents our masculine energy. So I'm, the other thing I have sort of with Virgos is, is I kind of always get to have this masculine energy. So I kind of always get to be in charge in some way, almost, right? That's kind of the other thing that's there. Um, I have Jupiter, just like you, and Saturn. Um your, but your Mars is in Scorpio. It's in a better place than mine is. Uh, my Mars is super virgin also. Um, Mars and Saturn together in my chart is like super virgin. We've got super restrictions, you know, right? All around sex. Like, no, right? Like really bad. <laughs> so bad. Um, Virgos, though, are super... Uh, standoffish until they have sex and then there's a capacity to be an absolute key then after that but like it's very very because it likes purity it wants the purest form possible right <laughs> it wants to do what is maximally the best right kind of a thing what is excellent right is what virgos like um so yeah Jeff and I were both virgins when we got married. Virgo's son, Saturn right next to that son, similar to you. Um, his Jupiter's in Leo, though, where your Venus is. So that's kind of another little overlap. Leos are a thing for me. Uh, I dated a guy who was a triple Leo. So Leo placements do something, right? They're my opposite. And so I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. We're different. <laughs> I love it, right? <laughs> um. But I also, I have a Venus here and she's a super attractor. Venus in Pisces is like, fuck, everyone is into you, right? Especially when you're younger. And it's terrifying when you're in a culture that says, um, if a guy tells you, God's told me that we're supposed to be married, right? You're like, oh, uh, 
really? You know, like it's, it's, it's a, it's panic inducing. So you kind of learn how to um, not make eye contact ever. And you learn to swim away and ghost by because that freaks me out. Right. Um, but I love, 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 love in particular, um, like religious men, priests, priests who can't have sex. That is an Achilles heel for me because I'm like, oh, really? Let's see. Let's see how real that is for you. I, I'm the worst in that way um, because it's in the 12th house. And so there's that repression. There's that like, are you taken? Awesome. Let's, and then Let I have, try anyway. <laughs> let's go word anyway. Uh, and then I also, this also means, and so this brings me to the garage. So Venus in Pisces in the 12th house, there's something to be said about secret, secret, um, romances, right. That's something that is like, oh my God. Right. To me. Um, and it, she also likes to, uh, reward heroism men who she, or in my case, uh, deems worthy, if you will, right. That she's like, oh my God, you are so great. You are so wonderful. It's why I love my Virgo husband, right? Where I'm like, oh my God, you're just so wonderful and giving and delightful, right? Like, I'm just like, oh, you deserve everything, right? So in, I have this memory. Yay. Let's bring it. I have this memory. It was your birthday and you had the whole football team over and I was like the only girl invited, which was awesome and weird at the same time, right? We had a pizza eating contest. I do believe I won that pizza eating contest. Did. I did eat. What? You did. I did, right? I ate an entire fucking large pizza. <laughs> yeah, because Aries. I'm an Aries. And she likes, oh, yeah, I will win. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to win my body and my soul. I'm going to double win this, right? Right. Competitive as fuck. That's what Aries is. <laughs> right. Challenge accepted. But don't tell us we are because no, we're not. Um, but yeah, Aries likes to win a lot and they're quick to infatuation. So that's the other thing that's like, oh, my God, I like you. And then like in high school, when you do that, it's terrifying, right? Because the moment you do that is the moment this Venus super attractor uh, is like, they like you back and then they want to be with you. And you're like, wait, uh, uh, we haven't been friends. I'm going to be better. Uh, and uh, it was like overwhelming. Um, But so likes to chase, likes to steal, <laughs> likes to be in charge in some way, right? Likes to be friends. So that is kind of like, and I like to control others too. Sometimes, whatever, just shut up. I like, I do. <laughs> um, yeah. So the garage, that's what I was going to talk about. I wanted to, I thought you were so great and I wanted to reward you for being so great. And somehow we went out to your garage and there was a car there and I, I was contemplating giving you a blowjob for your birthday because I was like, I don't know what to give you. And I had done one before with a boyfriend in my freshman year. Just don't put it in the pussy because then it's bad. Uh, but in the mouth is totally fine, right? And it's a way to show appreciation. Yeah, I may be fucked up a little bit. 
but it's where my teenage brain was. And so that's what I was going to do. And I don't know if I was kneeling in front of you yet. I, I think I was thinking about it. I told you to, uh, uh, do you remember this at all? I mean, you were not, I don't think you were kneeling. I remember being in the garage, but all the details are hazy. Yeah. I remember you were about to, you hadn't pulled down your like boxers or anything. It was just the pants that was starting. And I think you were like messing with the buckle. It was definitely apparent what you were doing. And then your dad walks in the garage. Yeah. That's actually reminded. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I left immediately after that. Suddenly you happened. <laughs> Oh, what a cock block. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I know. I'd have to therapy next week. Yeah, yeah. No, that would have, like, that would have been, uh, you know, the, the pinnacle for me in that in that chase for you is to just to share any kind of, like, intimacy like that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I just kind of couldn't. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that just happened. You know, right? Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> But also I was contemplating, like, do I really want to do this? Is this, is this my, I don't know, but I really think you deserve one, right? It was kind of the thought, you know? Well, I had my, my nice guy punch card all filled up. So the blowjob was the last thing. You right. Know, afterwards. Like, going to be there. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, right. Like no. That. no. I know. I know. So funny. Oh my God. Well, we only have like five minutes, but this is the century chart this is me on the outside this is you on the inside um we have my venus is in your 11th house of friendships so that's kind of a notorious oh we're friends this is why i'm seeing you as a friend right which is good that's actually kind of good for you in the aquarius way um Let's see. There was something else too. Yeah. My Mars, Jupiter, Saturn is all in your fifth house, right? So Mars in the fifth house is pretty good. That's usually an indicator of uh, me wanting to penetrate, right? Oh, you have Mars and Scorpio. That is usually the person who likes to penetrate. And Scorpio is notorious for loving all of the orifices. It likes anal. It likes the mouth. It likes anything. It rules the genitals. Clay, <laughs> do you like anal? Yeah. 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 Maybe a lot, so, right? I've become like a, a certified heathen in the last couple of years between all these exploration into BDSM and kink and shibari and you know, uh, bondage, toys, impact, you know, role playing, all that. And and there's not, you know, there's not like a, it's been a, a thing in the, when I met new girls who were like are as far into that. They're like, "What's the paddle for?" I'm like, "Duh, trust me," but you can't go there. No, go into that. Yeah, paddles are awesome. Um, I regret, but I have but one dick to give. <laughs> I know, but it's a girthy Virgo dick. But it's good. It's proper. <laughs> proper. <laughs> So Scorpio Mars, as we've also noticed, um, it's a really powerful sign. It can be a really intimidating sexual sign because it likes to obsess, right? It likes to um, possess a little bit. There's a little bit, there's jealousy oftentimes in there. You have you have Uranus here though, Uranus, which is kind of like a more of an independence. It can give an independence to that possessiveness in some way, but um, 
it likes to own. Scorpio is the sign that likes to own. People who have Scorpio in the seventh house often experience jealousy, um, you know, um, which is a thing. Do you experience jealousy? I, uh, I did experience it um, in personal professional relationships. Mm-hmm. I, I bought a couple books on, on jealousy using cognitive behavior therapy. And, you know, and part of like working with my own therapist found ways to like check it, to recognize that it's coming this way, to watch it flow by like a cloud and dissipate. But certainly, yeah. And in fact, it was after that that I did my first polyamorous girl who was in it, it was an EM relationship. Um, and it was like a test to be, in fact, like the, I read the book and I met the girl like a day later. There was no, there's no coincidence. This was meant for me yeah. to like, learn this. Interesting. And, you know, uh, we spent a night together. It was great. Everything I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. As much of a heathen as I was. Yeah. Day, You're like, humorously. Going... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the next day she's like, Hey, I'm going to the, to the next town to visit my friends. There's going to be like X, Y, and Z kink happening. You know, I'll catch you on Friday, right? I'm like, yeah, but I, I sat with that, like, am I jealous of this? No, she was honest and she's yeah. polyamorous. And you're right, there was a, a, a want to be possessive, but also the freedom of the autonomy of being like, she can do what she wants. I can yeah. do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. You're an interesting mix of those yeah. things. Right? That's right. what I was thinking too when I saw it. And another poly girl I dated said, we're talking about me managing like my, my want, my desire for this mission and working out with, with my people and my work versus trying to nurture a relationship. She's like, just date a poly girl. You don't have to give them all the attention all the time. They got five other dudes. Yeah. Which was actually like- This is so perfect. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you that. Mm-hmm. Are you, is that something you're attracted to? Girls who are polyamorous or being a poly- yeah. yeah. Or like, does polyamory sound attractive to you or like- Right, like the more the better. Is that a thing? Yeah, I think I think so. I think it it provides opportunities for like real human connections that are uh, deep, way mm. beyond physical, um, without perhaps an expectation in monogamy of like sitting inside every night and watching the same British baking show series. Right. Which is great, by the way. It's so good. Right. And I think about you know the relationship anarchy kind of bingo sheet. Uh, like people you show up in public, people you experience kink with, people you run businesses with. And I, I like that model of I could, you know, find somebody to check seven of those boxes and someone to check five more of those boxes. Find a one person to check all those boxes. I, I'm 42. It's not going to happen in the next 42. I don't think. <laughs> Unless you're on this podcast listening to it and you're an Austin, hit me up. Oh. Otherwise, <laughs> oh my God. So if I can get, if I and other people I date, find that it we all want that we all want these separate ways to show up in someone's life yeah polyamory is a good way of doing it and still having lots of love love doesn't have to be one person it has many different forms mm-hmm. yes See, libra eros yeah that's what i wanted to ask right because um i'll go back to your natal libra eros right tell me what what do you think of when you think of a, a libra eros so libra is the balancing of the scale so something about is turned on when you meet maybe somebody who is like a balanced person um it's also um partnerships so you are very turned on by the idea of partnership right like there's something 
your Mercury's there too. You, so you think and you process in people in how will this affect other people? Also something about maybe like justice, justice would also be sort of a turn on in some way. Hmm. Um, I was wondering about the spectrum, right? Like, would that be because right, Libra so like, is known as the queer yes. of the Zodiac because they see beauty in both sides, not just one, in everything. Mars and Scorpio in a male tends to be a little more masculine, right? But, mm-hmm. but Libra. Um, but this feels like the more the merrier kind of a, a vibe potentially, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Kind of that box checking that he was mentioning, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel um, out, out of character for a Libra Eros to be kind of turned on by the fact that like many people and maybe different types of people right to meet mm-hmm. all the need mm-hmm. and then that would also be very um i don't know like complementary to that sag moon mm-hmm. right because then it's not any one you're still having a lot of freedom right mm-hmm. it's not like a traditional yeah. like being tied down kind of way which i think um your moon would appreciate so yeah that's it i'm glad you brought that up because that was something that i was like wondering about oh man yeah the libra arrows arrows is kind of what we desire mm-hmm. turn on it's kind of like what Lacey said yeah yeah i find and, that you know ideally like one partner to, to punch as many of those boxes as possible somebody who's like busy in their own right we, we, they, we make time to be together sometimes it's it's long deep and passionate or long day dates at the time it's just a half an hour stop by kiss quickie lunch whatever it is mm-hmm um, and in that way, I think I can experience a similar feeling to polyamory in that you get a different person, depending on the circumstances you both have to deal with. Right. Yeah, I think it's Scorpio wants to get to the bottom of things. Do you like deep penetration? Because mm. that Mars and Scorpio tells me wants to find the bottom of it. How far does that go? <laughs> That's kind of what it makes me think of. Oh, when I tell you, and I mentioned this interest in like, quantum mechanics and the biofield and all that i will begin to read a book there's no book on audible and then uh it'll reference some other book and i'll buy that book and then the one after it and the one after it just to understand a little more to get to the bottom of these things yeah and so i have i mean out of like a 50 books probably half are unread i'm, yeah. I'm gonna read them as soon as i i don't know fill in a blank yeah yeah get to the bottom of things I gotta know. I was thinking about this. I gotta know like, what's happening. What's the what's really going on? I, I don't know what I'm doing with the information, but I want to know. <laughs> I know. So um, that, that's actually a resource for you, that Gemini second house, mm-hmm. right? Taking in all of that information. Right. Something about that, um, like uh, furious curiosity, is a resource for you in life, right? So that's actually a good thing. Don't give that up. There's something about that that is great for your work life mm-hmm. right there's something resourceful in that that is um benefiting you right or like is a benefit if you use it so gemini energy is exactly that read all the books don't even have to finish it follow the curiosity right um yeah that's resourceful yeah that's good life has taken me on the last 10 years to to be curious ask questions ask for opportunities ask for introductions the, the right. more my favorite thing oh tell me more about that like, yes because people get excited right. about that and they'll tell you 
totally real. Go down the rabbit hole if you invite them to. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's totally real. Well, if you are in the dating scene and you, uh, Clay, if you send us the birth date, we need the birthday, the place, the time, and then we can tell you anything. We can tell you everything. It, it's kind of awesome, you know, right? Like, it's really rad. I've helped my husband. My husband is bisexual, and it's kind of fun to <laughs> look at the chart of somebody who's he, he's interested in and then say, oh, yeah, you should definitely have zero issues with talking to that person. They are into you. You know what I mean? Like, that's rad, you know? Uh yeah, we've been non-monogamous for almost 10 years now um, and gone to scenes and gone to clubs and the whole thing and what figuring out what the fuck it all is. And then it turns out no one really knows. So just talk. Just keep talking, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, thanks for letting us uh, deep dive with you, Clay. Thanks for being the first of the series. Uh, everybody else is oddly cowards. I apparently dated only cowards. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you for being brave enough to come on here. (laughs) Yeah. You, uh, caught me at a good time in my life to be really introspective. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I want to know what I'm attracting in this world. And I I use the people I've met and connected with as like a mirror to say, like, I I must be these qualities in a person to, and it either inspires me to lean into that or to try to elevate a little more right. so i don't believe in coincidences and i i appreciate this opportunity to be more insightful into my own dating life something i've struggled with kind of defining yeah so I appreciate you both in in your skills and your expertise thank you it's uh super fun yeah, yeah. we're happy to do it we nerd out and we love this and it's we think that yours thing. is particularly interesting right like you have a lot of different pieces to dating so mm-hmm. yeah i definitely think it'd be interesting to look at any like perspective matches because then right like where's their gemini where's their sad what's in a virgo what house where's their scorpio right how's their loyalty i know yeah, yeah totally uh, so many things thank you for being so um open with us on thank this you. topic of course thank you both so much i appreciate you yeah thank you so much you're so amazing uh all right I'll see you later. Bye. Thanks, Clay. Thanks for listening. Check out our playlists on our website. We have Zodiac playlists at teamaquarius.com.